for joining another episode of the key chat podcast so i have another special guest you know i always introduce my guests as special because they are and this is maya beagalock she's a licensed professional counselor and she has she owns gold digging therapy so as you can see on her shirt as she says therapy is a vibe people that listen in on the show knows that i talk a lot about mental health erasing stigmas and also the beauty of therapy so i'm so happy to have her on so i want to give you the floor and let you introduce yourself how are you doing today all right i am well today um so first of all thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it um i also appreciate you pronouncing my last name correctly (laughs) um people usually butcher it um, so thank oh, you for wow. that. So yes, I am uh, Maya B. Galad. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm physically located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but my private practice, which is gold digging therapy, that's G-O-A-L digging therapy. Um, okay. I am virtual. So I'm licensed in the state of Louisiana, meaning that I can meet virtually with anyone in Louisiana who's interested in mental health therapy or counseling with me. Um, I actually just started my practice this year, just became licensed this year. It's been a long journey, but I'm finally where I want to be. Um, And so I'm really excited about it. Um, And like you said, therapy is a vibe. That's kind of my my tagline. And I just want people, my whole reason for getting into mental health, my whole reason for becoming licensed and opening up my own practice um, was to change the stigmas that surround mental health in Black communities. Um, I mm. want us, and, and there's a shift happening. There really is a shift happening with younger generations like millennials and Gen Z, um, you know, where they there's all these memes we see about like, oh, wait till I tell my therapist this, or like, you know, there's a lot out there. So I, I love to see it. It's, you know, it's funny, but at the same time, it's opening up a conversation, which hasn't happened in our past generations. You know, they looked at therapy as something to be shameful about, something you don't talk about, you know, oh, we don't talk about our problems that are going on in the home. So I love the shift that is happening. And my whole goal, the whole reason I'm doing this is just to to keep that shift going. You hit a lot of points. I definitely feel, and I've said this a lot on the show, I feel like in the African-American community, I mean, that's what we're conditioned. We're, We're not supposed to discuss our business you know you're not supposed to tell people anything that's going on and I always try to be careful when I mention prayer and therapy you know Mm -hmm. because like I said I never want to reduce the power of prayer I never want to reduce that however I just feel like we are conditioned to or at least I know in my experience it's like okay if you're dealing with if you god forbid you say you're depressed number one what's wrong you need to go pray on that you know you need to go to church more I'm not knocking that at all I'm just saying there's people do have mental health conditions there's things that needs to be treated professionally is all I'm saying so I don't want anyone to be like oh well she don't like Chris she don't like Jesus no I'm not saying that (laughs) but yes therapy is a necessity just Mm -hmm. talking about past trauma or being able to identify trauma number one I think that's something in our community that a lot of times we don't realize we're dealing with PTSD Mm -hmm. or we we don't realize hey that experience that took place when you were a child or a teenager that actually is not the norm that was a traumatic experience but you were conditioned that it was okay and that you just move on and you just let it go that term let it go is something that's like nails to a chalkboard because yeah. I've been told that a lot of our certain things let's just let that go no I can't let it go you know like, you have to speak about things so mm-hmm. I, it's just a breath of fresh air whenever I hear in our community especially when I speak 
to therapists or when they're like, hey, you know, it's okay to talk about it. And the fact that the stigma I feel is still there, but it's not as bad on some levels. I feel like we can talk about it now. Like, hey, I, I, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to go to therapy. You know, I think mm-hmm. that it's a, it's, a, it's a slow build. You know, people talk about right. it way more. So I know um, when I was doing the research on you, you also said that your counseling private practice was specifically designed to meet the needs of young Black professionals, entrepreneurs, and business owners, and that you specialize in the areas of racial trauma and dealing with anxiety and depression brought on by life transitions. So obviously 2020, you know, the infamous 2020, we all went through (laughs) some highs and lows, you know, beyond COVID, which I know personally, I dealt with a lot of anxiety on a lot of issues and COVID, I felt kind of triggered them. Mm -hmm. But besides that, obviously the Black Lives Matter movement was thrown out there on a whole different level this year. Do you feel, and I mentioned this to a previous therapist I had on the show, do you just feel like African-Americans in general, we deal with a lot of PTSD just with the racial trauma? Mm-hmm. How, like, how do you guys attack that, you know, as far as mental health specialists, you know, because I feel like we have a different, as African-Americans, we run a different level of trauma and anxiety. Just mm-hmm. the racial tension alone causes a lot of stress. Yeah, um, which is a great question. So let me answer that kind of two parts. Mm-hmm. So my first part, I kind of want to go back to how you gave like that little introduction of what I specialize in, right? And that's mm-hmm. not just me putting that out there just to sound fancy or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. What's very important with therapists, and this goes along with the shift that's happening just in mental health in general. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of years ago, maybe as recent as let's say three, four or five years ago, a lot of therapists will get into the field and they're they're licensed, they're qualified, nothing, I'm not knocking them at all, but they would just work with anybody. So I'm Mm going to work with this white five-year-old girl who is struggling with um, defiance disorder. And I'm also going to work with this 50-year-old man who's having marital problems and this couple and this black person. So not to say you can't help everybody, But Mm -hmm. if you have a focus, you have a specialty area, you're going to be more specialized. You're going to be better able to identify those issues, have the resources to help those issues, the the language to talk to people about it. And that's why I am so specific in who I work with. I Mm -hmm. work with young Black professionals, entrepreneurs, whatever you want to call yourself, business people, because we are the ones who are experiencing all of this that's going on right now. I think with everything that's happening in 2020, it's hitting us a little harder Mm -hmm. because a lot of people in that age range, like millennial, Gen Z, your 20, 30 year olds, those are majority of the people who we see are losing jobs during this time. Because you have to think about the, the industries they're working in, right? People that are maybe working in the food industry to put themselves through college or grad school. Those are the people that are losing their jobs during this pandemic. Then we have to think about, like you said, the Black Lives Matter movement and who is on the forefront of that. When you're looking at the pictures and you're seeing the news, you're seeing a lot of young Black faces. That's who's leading this movement. So everything that's going on that's hitting people, it's hitting the population I work with. And a lot of times when I say that, I I say us um, because I'm included in that. A lot of people that I work with, we are the same age. And mm-hmm. I think that adds a little advantage there too, because it's like, I understand, <laughs> I understand, yeah. like I'm experiencing right. it too, right? The difference is I have that training, I have that schooling to make it make sense to you and to help you. Um, and so to answer your question with, do I you know, look at the trauma, the PTSD? There's actually a term out there and I always bring it up when I'm doing interviews It was coined by a black professor at the, I believe it's University of Utah. I'm sorry for not um, looking into it, but I believe he's at the University of Utah. His name is William Smith. And he has done a lot, lot, lot of research on something he coined, a term he came up with called racial battle fatigue. And the short of it is that being black in America is synonymous to being on a war zone, being in a war zone as a soldier. 
So that same mentality when people are out there on the battlefield, they're fighting for their lives, literally, and then they come home and they're having these issues with readjusting and, and they're having the nightmares. They can't, they're not eating, not sleeping, their thought processes are off. Being Black in America has the same effect on us. The difference is a lot of times we do not realize it. Because when you're a soldier, when you're on the battlefield, you, you see what you're fighting against. It's very apparent what's going on. PTSD is something we talk about all the time. So it's out there. It's prevalent. We know about it. Racial battle fatigue is not. We like to act like we live in a post-racial society, but we don't. We see it on the TV every day. Racism is still very real. It's there. America does not care about Black people. Just like Kanye West said that time about George right. Bush. You know, right. we laugh about it, but that's the picture that's being painted. But the difference between racial battle fatigue and PTSD is we try to sweep racism under the rug. Whereas mm -hmm. for our veterans, right, we have all these resources, we have the VA, we have counselors that specialize in working with this population, but not so much for our Black people who are suffering and experiencing that same post-traumatic stress. Right, and that's the thing. It's such a delicate subject, I feel, when you try to talk about race with people that just really don't get it. I mean, I know personally this year, you know, when, when everything happened with George Floyd, I was just like, okay, Emmett Till. You know, I was just like, I was like, okay, you know, as far as people that were just so shocked. And I was mm -hmm. like, I had mixed emotions because I was like, okay, do you guys really think that's the first incident? I'm like, you guys just had the, the pleasure of watching the whole thing. I'm like, I grew up seeing Eyes on the Prize as a very young child and seeing that mutilated young boy in the coffin. So I'm like, okay, like this, I was extremely numb to it, okay? But I had people texting me, you know, some former like coworkers, well, how are you feeling? I'm like, same way I feel 365 days a year, especially in the Paris that I live in. Um, I'm like, hey, I've been trying to tell y'all this for the longest. <laughs> it's just like, you know, but yeah, the, the, the stress was there only because it was a trigger. And then there were so many different emotions because there's obviously people now that still didn't care. Oh, well, he was doing this, you know, that still justifies mm -hmm. us being treated like animals. So it brings you to so many different waves of emotions. But I know personally, because I have teenagers in the home, one in particular is a black male, and just seeing his reaction to seeing a lot of these things, you know, so for him, I know that was like a firsthand experience and it hurt as a mother, number one, and then it added to stress. Cause I remember years ago when I worked in a department with majority white people and it was only me and another African-American, we both had sons and we were trying to explain to someone, you know, it's different for us when our kids leave the house just to do regular activities. Like we're nervous, we're sick over it. You know, and that's a feeling that you really can't explain to people. So, you know, I just feel like um, with African-Americans, just it's healthy to speak about what's going on now because there's so many waves of emotions and it just kind of reminds us of certain things we can't control. And I just feel like a lot of us collectively as a whole were frustrated because it's like, okay, we, 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 we've been living with this for the longest. So I think a lot of people were just numb to it and just disgusted anger it's like so many levels it's like the five stages of grief you know mm -hmm. <laughs> going so many different levels of how everyone reacted to what was going on on a racial level but I think the conversation regarding the PTSD that we all experienced with it I think that wasn't really brought to the forefront mm -hmm. I think a lot of people didn't realize like hey we are experiencing racial trauma number mm -hmm. one having to see all of this seeing the people that didn't agree with it you know it's, it's it's a lot to absorb and it's racial trauma so I just think that's a conversation that definitely needs to be put out there because I think a lot of us we don't realize that we're dealing with actual trauma from this and I know when um everything kind of came out and everyone was being more vocal about their past racial experiences I know I had friends who were posting on Facebook past racial incidents. I had one friend and I'm in my forties. And so is she, she posted something that happened when she was like 10 years old about mm -hmm. being called the N word for the first time. Like that's mm -hmm. stuff that you don't 
mm-hmm. forget. And it, and I'm sure she didn't wake up every day thinking about this, but it was a trigger, you know, <laughs> and she went back to it, you know. So it's you know, like I said, racial tension and tra- trauma is something that I feel people definitely should speak about more. So also with your platform, can we talk about how you mentioned meeting the needs of the Black professionals and entrepreneurs and business owners? So how do you tie in mental health with those arenas? Yes. So one of the biggest issues that um, I see a lot of people or they they speak about or come in about is that work-life balance. And it's a lot different and that's something else. I mean, it's just the times are changing. So we're seeing a lot of different things. So we think about generations where women were getting married at, you know, 15, 16, and they stayed home. They took care of kids. You know, the man made the money, what have you. It's not like that anymore. Women are getting married later and men, right? Because it takes, it takes two. So we have our young people getting married later. They're having children later. Some people are putting off kids all together because we see a lot more building within themselves, whether that's building wealth, building for their future generations or what have you. So with that comes new issues, trying to balance all of this. And we talked about everything that's going on in the world already. So you have all this going on in the world while trying to work on yourself and navigate a system that isn't designed for us to win. So you're going to run into a lot of roadblocks. You're going to run into a lot of no's on the way. And when you're hearing that and it's constantly happening, that stuff is going to impact your self-esteem, your self-worth, your self-value, whatever you want to call it. No matter how strong you are or how you were raised, you know, everybody's going to respond to it differently. But when you're in a world where you are wanting to build yourself, you're wanting to get to a higher level, whether that's through education or work, and you're going, you're going to hit the roadblocks. That's just inevitable. Somebody along the way is going to tell you no. Somewhere along the way, you're going to have that supervisor that you just don't get along with. You're going to have that toxic work environment, right? Mm-hmm. So navigating all of those things is something that I help people do along with how is this impacting your self-worth? How is this impacting your self-esteem? And what have you. Um, on top of that, also when you're an entrepreneur or you're a young professional, you're trying to build something, you have to create that balance. You have to know when to turn off, right? So I have, there's this thing, and I don't know if you're familiar with the term hustle culture. So I've never heard of that. So hustle culture is it's a fairly new thing. It's a social media thing. But I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen there's like those memes out there or just people posting statuses of stuff where they're like, oh, you know, grind every day and I don't have time to sleep. Like, I got to go get this money. And if you're not working every day, you're wasting your time. So that's hustle culture. I mm-hmm. hate hustle culture. I am <laughs> anti-hustle culture. And mm-hmm. that's something I talk about with my clients and on platforms and things like that stop letting the internet tell you that you can only survive off of four hours of sleep that's not okay you need to take care of yourself before anything else you can't you're only going to get so far if you're not taking care of yourself number one and number two let's say you're you're one of those people that's just you know grind 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 24 7 you're not eating right you're not sleeping right you're destroying all these relationships with people that you love because you're focused only on this one thing which is great by no means mm-hmm. am I not am I saying don't build something, right? Because like right. I say, I have I have my own private practice. I understand what it's right. like to be right. an entrepreneur, but I also understand the importance of self-care, the importance of taking a break. And mm-hmm. what is the point of you know grinding and digging yourself into the ground if you can't even enjoy the fruits of your labor? Mm-hmm. So hustle culture and just breaking that whole narrative of hustle culture is a big thing that I focus on. That's a good point. I mean, I would say I'm an entrepreneur too. And the funny thing is when I decided to leave the workforce last year in 2019, and when I was working for an employer, I was like, and I worked in an environment where like they kind of rewarded you for being that workaholic for, you know, coming in on Saturdays and Sundays and doing that overtime. I remember one Christmas I had, I felt was ruined because I had like 20 hours 
of overtime alone. And it would have been more than that if I had clocked in on some of those times. Like I was working 24 seven. I kept saying to myself, I have got to leave. <laughs> this is too much. Cause I was like, I'm not, I was making decent money, but I was like, I'm stressed out. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about work at night. I'm waking up in the mornings thinking about, oh, who I should have called. I would dream about work. Like, mm-hmm. I swear to God, I would dream about my job. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I can't get away from this job, you know? And um, so when I decided to work for myself, that was a whole different monster. Because I even told one of my friends, I was like, wow, I was complaining with the other situation that I was working. I said, I'm working 24 <laughs> because I'm responsible for my pay so I was like okay I may have taken some wrong turns with this one because I was like I enjoy building on my own but I was like I'm having a hard time work balance like you mentioned and um, I actually had a past guest who talked about addiction now even though he was struggling with a drug addiction he was breaking down the different levels of addiction and he also mentioned being a workaholic so I'm interviewing this man I'm listening like okay (laughs) he pointed out some stuff about me (laughs) so I I love how you mentioned you know the work balance because I think especially like I said I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs because I do promote a lot basically saying hey if you're miserable at a job maybe you need to rethink because I'm just all about healthy living in general and sometimes we don't realize that our jobs are literally killing us slowly Mm -hmm. are they causing that mental stress and we're holding on to stuff for no reason instead of moving on you know I just I just have so much to say about that part but you know with working for yourself I think it's easy to kind of fall in that trap because you think you know well yeah like you said well I worked all night I didn't even sleep I didn't even eat like you thinking that you did something great but it's like okay you just basically depositing into a potential heart attack <laughs> you're not going to enjoy any of the stuff that mm-hmm. you're trying to build you know but I just think when people are trying to work for themselves it's like you kind of have to talk yourself into that sometimes to remind yourself like hey it's okay to take a break and it's okay to to balance what you're working on I think it's just so easy though when you're working for yourself to fall into it because most people when they decided to obviously be an entrepreneur is normally something that they enjoy they love mm-hmm. you know so you know I just think it's a it's a slippery slope, but it's important to say, hey, I'm not going to do this 24-7 because it's really unhealthy. But I just and think I sometimes think, um, you don't catch that. Yeah, and something something else you said earlier, I can't remember exactly what you said, but it it led me to, to say this point. And I think a lot of it too is social media and the internet glam glamorizes what entrepreneurship truly is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us just, we get on there and it's like, oh, you get to work for yourself. You get to set your own hours and you're going to be rich and oh, you can do what you want. And that's not what it is. It's not. No, it's not. It is, it's not. It's very glamorized from the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would right. suggest anyone who is an entrepreneur and thinking about or thinking about being one to read this book called The E-Myth. Or mm-hmm. I did the audio version and the first two chapters, I haven't even gotten past the first two because I'm so focused on implementing those because mm-hmm. it, it really paints a picture of what it is. It talks about how you have to be the technician and the manager and this and that. You have to be all these different things where your personality might not fit into it. A lot of people look at entrepreneurship and they say, oh, I'm really good at whatever this skill is, whether it's art, whether it's speaking, whether it's therapy, whether it's I don't uh, personal training, whatever it is, you can be the best at your craft, but your craft is not the only part of your business. That's just one part of it. Mm-hmm. And your personality, everyone doesn't have the personality fit or the discipline to take on all those other parts, like the money managing and being, you, you are in, you have to do everything. You have to do everything. So I think that's the first part is a lot of people get caught up in what it looks like or what they think it is, and they don't account for all the other parts of it. And then the second thing is, okay, now you're a one-man show or a one-woman show, and it's stressful. It takes a toll on you. And that's why I think it's very, very important for entrepreneurs to have a therapist, just like you have a CPA or an accountant to look at the money side of things and you have all these different 
people that you can implement. You might have a personal assistance to help, to help with the, you know, like the phone calls, the emails, that type, the administrative type stuff. Get you a therapist to help make sure that you're going to keep it all together and that business is going to keep running. That, that right. should be, oh, also I found out recently that entrepreneurs can actually write off therapy as a business expense. So if you have your own therapist, you can write it off as a business expense. Now, of course, I'm not an accountant. <laughs> I'm not a CPA. So you go get that right with your money person. But I did read something about that recently. I'll have to keep that in mind because I like I've gone to therapy in the past, but the funny thing is when I was working for an employer, I kept saying, you know, like I need to go back to therapy for, you know, a lot of personal reasons. But I was like, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. And the one I was going to a few years ago, he's way in New Orleans and I had moved to the North. So I was like, I, I, I literally didn't have time because it was impossible. And then I was like, I don't want to start over with a new one. But um, <laughs> this year, it's so funny. I didn't realize that there was one locally where I live at in Slidell, African-American one, because I personally wanted an African-American therapist. I was like, and that's no diss to anybody else, but I mm-hmm. personally needed to talk to a black therapist. I'm sorry, because I'm like, I'm extremely woke on top of that. So I was like, I don't think it would work if I got a white therapist. And I'm not knocking white therapists at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I needed one that related to my experience. You need, you need, it needs to be a good fit. That's all it right. is. It needs to be right. I needed someone that I was 100% comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember there was a, a black male one out here that I had spoken to with some other situations and I was like oh duh let's go to him and it's like it's like water you know we're talking or whatever and it's just it's a comfort level but I always say on this show in particular I think if only people looked at therapy just like we looked at getting your teeth clean twice a year getting your physical mm-hmm. once a year go to the therapist as a checkup it's it's mental health I think people the term mental I think unfortunately has this been trashed because people think anything regarding mental health is with the the term that I hate crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, and I I don't know if it's just us that does it, but I just think it's ridiculous. So people don't understand what mental health, mental health, physical health, dental health, you know, it's all the same thing. You need to be mentally healthy, you know, and I think people also don't realize different levels of mental health disorders, anxiety, if you're nervous all the time. I used to have situations where I couldn't breathe because I was so stressed out. So I'd be like, I couldn't breathe. My arm would literally start to hurt. And it was anxiety. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people even associate the fact that they deal with anxiety or they just think, you know, like we're we're from the South. So, oh girl, my nerves were so bad over that. Yeah, you're dealing with anxiety. You know, like, yeah, your your nerves are bad because you deal with anxiety. You're not getting treated. So it's like, we really shouldn't be like, oh, that had my nerves bad. You're dealing with anxiety or you may be dealing with some type of PTSD or, you know, whatever, some past trauma. But I just, it would be cool if we looked at therapy just like going to the dentist. Like I've Mm -hmm. said this, like, you know, getting your teeth clean and just getting that physical, just talking to someone like I just talked to someone yesterday about um, a situation and they mentioned therapy then they kept going back and forth with it and I was like well you know you have the control of how often you see the therapist right I said you can start off slow and say hey I just want to talk to that therapist once a month so you don't have to see them weekly or bi-weekly you can just start off monthly if that makes you comfortable but I'm like, I wouldn't just not go because you damn well. I'm like you can also just go to that one session and see if it's mm-hmm. for you or not because you may enjoy talking to that person or you may say hey I want to go another one but just don't throw it out the water basically and a lot of uh counselors have consultations as well so you can have like a 15 20 minute conversation of like okay let me feel this person out right let me see if I vibe with them you know because mm-hmm. it's important because I feel like you know obviously your therapist you're telling them a lot of stuff and you have to be comfortable and you also have to make sure that person receives what you're saying, that they understand. So that's mm-hmm. why I me mean, personally, I wanted that African-American therapist because right. I needed someone that really understood certain things on my level. And one thing I will say for anyone that tunes in and they're like, you know, they may be riding a fist on therapy. Me personally, when I mentioned certain things to my therapist that I had other people in my life try to gaslight me and tell me, I'll just let that go and blah, 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 just spread that away. When you say certain things to a therapist and they break it down that your intuition is correct, yeah, that that's not 
normal. That's when it's like, a, you know, that's why it's so important to speak to that unbiased third party who's trained because they will break certain things down to you and they'll confirm certain things like, okay, this feeling that you have is validated. You know, you have a right to be upset over this. Are you, it's, I get where you're coming from. Not that I'm saying that therapist is just there to agree with everything you're saying, because that's not right to do. But I feel like that's a trained person and they understand those triggers. They understand those barriers that you're having trouble dealing with and they can help you navigate through it is what I, mm-hmm. I do try to explain to people so mm-hmm. you know don't not therapy folks <laughs> I want to actually I want to go back on the whole subject of just the stigma of therapy with African Americans because I just feel like it's you know we I feel like the conversation is getting more comfortable but the mm-hmm. stigma is still there mm-hmm. basically so how did just on in just in your field how do you guys just go about trying to erase the stigma? Because I know as a day, I would think it's a regular battle just trying to get people to understand that therapy isn't mm-hmm. taboo. It's just mm-hmm. how do you guys go through that just to make people understand that, that it's not anything to be taboo about, especially you know within our community? Right. Um, so I'll speak about my platform specifically, and I don't want it to come off as like a self-promotion thing because it's not what I'm trying to do right now. But when you are in school, right, so when you're in school to be a counselor, they drive all these things into your head about basically this is how you should behave, be careful on social media, and you're always a counselor, like someone's always watching, because the way counseling works, you can only practice in whatever state you're licensed in. And when we're thinking about pre-COVID, right, before we had Zoom, everything, a lot it was physical you would come to an office and see a person so then you're you're narrowing it down anymore even more to where the people you're working with are probably in your city because they're only going to drive so far so there's this whole thing of you know watch how you're behaving you might see your clients out at a bar in a in a grocery store blah 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 so it's all about like behavior how you present yourself right and for a long time I carried that with me. So I was afraid to do a lot of things. Like I would go out with my friends and and constantly, you know, watch over my shoulder. And I'm talking about this was before I was even licensed, Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm thinking long-term. And I know at some point I want to have a private practice, you know, I want to see my own clients. So just being very cautious with what I will post and what I'll put out there. And this year, there was a lot of things that happened with me personally this year to where I became a lot more comfortable with, with myself and who I am. And it really pushed me into, okay, it's time for you to, to go into private practice. Now it's time for you to have this platform. And this platform should be reflective of who Maya is as a person. And mm-hmm. that is why I work with young Black professionals and entrepreneurs. And that is why I'm so open about, like I wear my therapy as a vibe little shirts everywhere I wear them everywhere um every conversation I have with people I try to incorporate mental health into it some way and the way me personally right I can only speak for myself but my way of breaking that stigma and making people more comfortable with mental health is simply by being myself and Mm -hmm. it's so many people I recently made a, a business Instagram page and I went back and added a lot of friends and people I know personally and they're like oh, you're a counselor? Oh, I didn't know it. Well, let me tell you about, you know, and now they want to talk. That door's open. They want to have those conversations or somebody, like people were referring their kids and stuff. I was like, well, that's not who I work with. Or And then there's like ethics on like, I can't work with people that I'm friends with. But it was just so refreshing to see that. And I think it was because I, they felt comfortable with me already by me just being myself. So I think, if we break down like that, because there's that thing in Black communities too, right? Where it's like, oh, she got all those degrees. She thinks she too much. Like they're, they're, that's part of a stigma in Black communities. Um, but I think by being yourself and breaking it down and just being genuine with people and authentic with people, they're like, oh, okay, well, I, I feel comfortable talking to you as a person. Then yeah, I'll come see you as a therapist. Um, and so I know that was the big thing for me is having to, to let go of all that stuff I learned in school, all that stuff they, they just drove into your head 
Um, and just, I had to let that go and just be me. I had to mm. make my platform. I had to make my therapy look like me and it's going to attract people who look like me and who are like me. And that's the people that I work with. And I think that's, it helps. That's why I think black therapists are, they're definitely essential because in this field, you know, when someone takes a step to speak to a therapist, because some people, they're more comfortable saying, hey, I'm going to talk to a therapist. Some people, they went through a long journey to finally say, hey, I'm going to go. And some people, when they start therapy, some people are comfortable with the idea of it. And some people aren't, you know, like something has obviously driven them to speak to one, but some people go into it. They're nervous. They don't know what to think. You know, they maybe even be uncomfortable because it's like, okay, it's totally fresh, you know, territories, but they took a step to go. So that's why it is important to have someone that you feel looks like you. And I don't mean obviously looks your twin, but no, meaning looks like you, you know, they've been through the same experience, you know, mm-hmm. just a feel, like you said, a vibe, literally. Like it is a vibe. It really is. And I just feel. Therapy is a mature thing too. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Just for people that listen, like I think somebody wrote to us one time, therapy is sexy. It is. It's like I want people to just, I want people to just look at therapy like therapy yeah. is sexy, it's mature, it's a vibe. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's it's great. Like it really feels good because our mental health is something that we can't technically look at in a mirror. You know, there's a lot of things that tell us that we're not healthy mentally but I think sometimes we can't recognize it so that's why I just really wish people would just view their mental health as extremely important it's one of them things that is one of the most important things I feel because you know like if my legs hurt and I can associate that pain oh god I'm in pain let me go to the doctor mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> but your mental health you may not realize okay maybe this is why I'm a little agitated you know, this is why maybe I've been snapping at people recently. Or this is why maybe I'm sleeping too much. I'm sleeping too mm-hmm. little. You know, I feel like we get these, you know, we get these little reminders that are reflecting on our mental health. That sometimes we may not realize that certain physical things that are taking place is associated yes. with our mental mm-hmm. health. You know, it's PTSD or stress. Maybe this is why you're experiencing a lot of headaches. You know, maybe mm-hmm. this is why, like I mentioned previously, there were certain incidences with my anxiety where I had trouble breathing. You know, mm-hmm. and like I said, I have asthma, but trust me, it wasn't asthma. This was like, I was feeling like I was having a panic attack, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like our body also gives us little signals, you know, but oh, sometimes, yeah. you know, everyone's on different levels. Sometimes some of us don't associate it that it goes up to here, you know, like this mm-hmm. is why your body's physically reacting. You know, so I just really wish people would just be like, if only they got it, like therapy really, it's a cool thing. Now don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. if you're experiencing some heavy things that you need to discuss, I feel like, so I will say this, I know like, I know with my therapy, there was something I needed to talk about, some stuff that took place in the past. So at one point I was like, okay, maybe we should not do it every week. Well, I was like, okay, I'm going to be more thoughtful on when I schedule it. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I was like, I don't necessarily feel like talking about this particular subject in therapy today you know but my therapist already obviously was aware of certain things but a credit to him he still like we don't just talk about certain triggering things the entire 60 minutes yes. you know like he mixes it up you know because it can get kind of stressful but that's mm-hmm. why like you said have that consultation with someone make sure you vibe with them because your therapist also knows you once you have that good relationship so they'll know too okay this is how I'm gonna segue into addressing this you know with my clients so they're comfortable mm-hmm. you know so it's like I said therapy is a great thing I just hope people get more comfortable with it so mm-hmm. one of the last things I want to talk about and I know you mentioned self-love obviously with my platform I talk about go love yourself 24 7 <laughs> so anyone that like follows me on IG or whatever that's all I talk about is self-love mm-hmm. too so how do you tie in self-love and therapy in mental health mm-hmm. how do you tie that in together first by taking people that even take that first step of reaching out I congratulate it is like I'm throwing a party for you over the phone or through email because that first step alone shows how much you love yourself Mm-hmm. The fact that you're so in tune to yourself to realize, okay, something is not right and I want to do something about it, 
is there a greater form of self-love you know just to recognize something in yourself and want to do better and want to make a change is one of the highest forms of self-love but whatever the issue is that a person's coming in for it doesn't matter it affects you in some way so there's going to be talks about self-esteem and value um boundaries is a word that comes up a lot lately so enforcing your boundaries is a big form of self-love and and showing that you're advocating for yourself as well so i think just the act of participating in therapy and then just having a and even if it's not just having a therapist right but just doing things for yourself to care for your mental mental health so whether that's practicing self-care by working out, by eating right, by, you know, watching a movie or, or binging a show for four hours at a time because you feel like you need to relax, just practicing different forms of self-care and doing things for yourself so that you feel replenished, so that you feel like I'm ready for the next day, that you feel like yourself is, is showing yourself some self-love. I just feel like self-love it ties to everything. I say this a lot. Like when you truly value yourself, you will be more in tune with, okay, let me make sure I'm mentally healthy. Let me make mm -hmm. sure I'm physically healthy. Let me make sure, you know, I'm following certain goals. Let me make sure I have proper boundaries. Boundaries is something that we've been talking about recently. I think a lot of people kind of downplay boundaries. Boundaries will make or break your, your day, your life, <laughs> your relationships, everything. Boundaries are so important and boundaries tie into self-love and it ties into mental health too because mm -hmm. sometimes we're so put upon because we don't know how to say no. Mm -hmm. All right, even with self-love and self-worth and just understanding proper mental boundaries, saying no should not be offensive. If it offends a person, oh, well, maybe you need to say right. something, you know, but saying no is essential. Okay. And it's a I mean, form of self-love. It is. It's a yeah, form of self-love. Self sometimes we put ourselves out there, we're draining ourselves, we're mm -hmm. stressing ourselves out over situations where all we had to say was no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and going, back, going back to our conversation about entrepreneurship, that means saying no to yourself too. That means mm -hmm. putting down the computer. That means shutting off the phone or whatever it is, telling yourself no, setting boundaries with yourself yes. so that you make that time to, again, enjoy the fruits of your labor, to take a little break, take a breather. If you don't answer one email for one day, it's not the end of the world. If you don't mm -hmm. answer 10 emails in one day, it's not the end of the world. Just pick back up tomorrow. Right. And another thing with entrepreneurship and saying no, I've had situations where I said no to certain opportunities because I was like, yes, you know it's not worth the stress. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and that's, that's and, a whole nother conversation. Like, if it's, right. I think a lot of, especially when you're first starting out as an entrepreneur, you want to jump on every opportunity. You want to yes. get your name out there. But if something doesn't align with your values and with who you are as a person, I say all the time, all money ain't good money. It's not. And I'm glad you touched on when you first started out, because I know when I first started out last year, things were, were different. I felt like I had to be like a people pleaser. If someone asked mm -hmm. me to do something, oh, like you said, oh, I need to put my name out there. Let me say yes. And finally, when I started to realize after I said yes about certain things that I had a feeling about, that I was like, oh, I'm just going to still do it. Then I was like, that was what worth that was not worth any of the stress or the headache. Now I'm so quick to say, oh, now I'm not. Or same thing, certain things really don't align with what I'm personally trying to do. And I also had to learn to not give a damn, quite frankly, who didn't like me just simply saying no in the nicest way possible. It's like, okay, if you're, you don't like the fact that I said no, okay, that's between you and whoever. I don't, <laughs> don't matter to me. You know, it's like, and that's another thing I think with being strong mentally too because mm -hmm. when we get in that people pleasing thing sometimes when people don't receive our no or i'm sorry that would that also lead to like oh my god like oh no like they, they didn't like what i said and then you get all no like keep it moving like just get that strength within yourself mentally too to kind of because sometimes we have to develop a thick skin over certain things and it's not anything that happens overnight either not everyone's going right, to like right. us not everyone's going to receive us not everyone's going to accept 
a simple note, you know, but I feel like that also ties into self-worth and mental health because mm-hmm. sometimes you also have to realize certain things, certain reactions from people, it's not about you, it's more about them. Oh yeah, it's, it's and, them. <laughs> right. 90% and that's of the time it's them. Yeah. Right, and that wasn't something, for me personally, that wasn't something that I just got to overnight. You know, like it was a process for me to realize, okay, like you don't really have to take to heart how this person reacted that's about them you know maybe they were having a bad day or maybe they that's just how they receive things okay but don't let it get to you you know so that's something that also just takes certain levels of growth and I tie that to to mental health and therapy too Mm -hmm. I feel like once you start speaking to a counselor you know whatever that person is whether they're a licensed doctor whatever it gets you to a particular level of growth in your life too. Cause I just feel like you handle certain things differently. I know there's been a lot of things recently that I'm like, I've literally said to myself, you know, the old me would have did blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, the new me is in like a whole different space. <laughs> I ignore a lot now. I just feel like you get to a particular level when you start discussing things and you realize like like we just said like certain things really have nothing to do with you it's about other people it helps you react to things totally mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. it's just like you just get to the point where it's like okay <laughs> you just move on and you right. realize certain battles are not worth it and that's something right. I, I felt like therapy helped to just with ways I reacted to things because it was just mm-hmm. like this isn't worth my energy to respond literally like like you know I'm big on telling people protecting energy and your energy is fragile so it's like anything that you take time to put any time towards or any words towards like you're literally taking a portion of your energy and you should decide wisely is this worth a portion of my energy or is it not because a lot of times it's probably not mm-hmm. <laughs> like you drained yourself over absolutely nothing so to round out the show, as you know, with Go Queen, I do ask everyone at the end, how do you define a queen? But with this one, it's slightly different because I feel like we are talking about something that is really huge and extremely important. Mental health, just being healthy mentally is just a big thing. And like I said, this particular episode will be published right before the very last episode of 2020. So I thought it was a perfect ending for the key chat for this entire year because that is one of my platforms to my heart is mental health so mm-hmm. I know I want to ask you how you define a queen but can you kind of like tie it into like a mentally healthy queen <laughs> you find a, a queen that's mentally healthy she's mm-hmm. in her thin mode and she's vibing mm-hmm. out how do you define that mentally healthy queen Right. So everything you said right before you asked the question is a big part of that. So I'm talking about knowing what to give your energy to, knowing how to choose your battles, like you said, is a big part of being a queen. You have to know who, what, and when is worth your time. Does this serve me? How does it serve me? But then also, how am I serving myself and how am I serving others? I think would be the the three parts of being a queen. So things that are serving you and and kind of evaluating and recognizing that ability to know how things are serving you and when it's time to to walk away from things, when it's time to let things go and doing it gracefully and knowing how to serve yourself. So again, practicing good self-care, whatever that looks like for you, setting boundaries, whatever that looks like for you. And then serving others. So just knowing your purpose in this world. Once you know your purpose, it makes everything else a lot easier. So looking into yourself and knowing what am I here for? What purpose? What is my purpose? What do I want to give to the world? Asking yourself that. And once you you know that answer and you it truly you believe it, everything else kind of starts to align. And it makes it a little easier to say no to things that don't serve your purpose. It makes it easier to walk away from those people who aren't in alignment with your purpose. It makes it easier to unplug from the world and pour into yourself because you know that this is bigger than me and I have a purpose to serve. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) You touched on so many things that I talk about purpose and what served you. So 
That was amazing. So I want to thank you again for being on the show. But before we end everything, give everyone your social media handles yes. where they can find you if they're interested in reaching out to you for therapy. Maya Diego, mm-hmm. gold digging therapy. Go ahead and tell <laughs> everyone how they can find you. All right. So pretty much everything's on my website mayabgalaf.com so that's m-a-y-a-b my middle initial and g-a-l-a-t-h-e.com um, on there you can find all the services I provide I have a little store on there so if you're interested in a therapy is a vibe shirt I have them on there I have face mask everything um, you can set a consultation with me on my website as well and then there's also a link to some different videos I have on YouTube as well as to my Instagram account. Awesome. Thank you again. Like I said, this is just a very important topic and we'll definitely have to have you back on because I feel mm-hmm. like there's so many other things I know. <laughs> we can tie to talk about this because mental health really is the core of how everyone can just be happy, just live a, a freer life. I talk about it a lot. So everyone that's listening, you know, just rounding everything out. I just hope everyone takes in the things that we discussed. And just to know that you don't have to be ashamed of needing help. And needing help is not a level of weakness. There's nothing wrong with you at all, you know. So that's another thing. If you seek therapy, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. You know, if you feel like you're struggling, there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing to be ashamed of this is to make yourself healthy just as if your tooth was hurting you would go to the dentist if you're having trouble with your your stomach or your head you would go to your physical doctor it's all the same thing if your car was making a funny noise Mm -hmm. you would take your car to the mechanic so it's all relative you know therapy Mm -hmm. truly is a vibe being healthy is a vibe being mentally healthy is sexy people okay it's nothing more attractive than someone who is mentally healthy okay and that understands boundaries understands their purpose what serves them and what they serve others so i do hope that everyone that listens that they took in some important points to this and once again if you guys are interested i will make sure i have all of maya's information when we do publish this on youtube and on all the audio streaming platforms but make sure you guys go love yourself and one portion of loving yourself is to value your mental health so thank you guys for joining the q chat this will be the second to last episode this is my last episode with the guest actually of 2020 so i'm very thrilled that you were on this special episode i really appreciate you and thank Thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for joining the q chat Thank you for listening to the Q Chat Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Queen's Arrogance LLC. Our company website is www.goqueen.com.